So I found this, um, this one story particularly uh, interesting from the legal angle, but um, <laughs> it's not laughable. It's more sad that, that a black professor, you know, would even write this. But I have to commend her for trying to use every advantage in law uh, you know, you know, she's, she's advocating for her group, right? She's black. I have to give her props for trying to use the law in, you know, maybe a creative way, maybe like an interesting way. <laughs> um, but it is, you know, it is sort of, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not good to think about, I don't think black people as disabled, right? And basically this black professor is saying that in a way, like maybe she'll spin it, you know, a different way. But what she wants to do, and she's, she's basically saying, you know, civil rights law isn't good enough. Let's look at what they've done with disability law and let's um, apply that to blacks. She, she wants to apply disability law to a whole race of people uh, called black people. Um, she's basically calling blacks like her own race, her own racial group disabled, right? She thinks being black is disabling. Well, there's plenty of, of, of examples where that's not the case. Look at, Ob oh, you know, Barack Obama. He's more successful than, you know, I don't know, 99 point whatever percent of white people in this country. Uh, same with LeBron James. I mean, there's all kinds of successful black people in this country. Kamala Harris, right? Anybody high status, Oprah Winfrey, like the list goes on. <laughs> Um, so she's a collectivist, obviously. She's grouping blacks in the same category here. And she's also saying, look, we want to make permanent advantages for black people, right? Permanent advantages need to be recorded in law for blacks. And she's looking for another way to do this. Civil rights law, she doesn't think go goes far enough, right? Maybe she doesn't think affirmative action goes far enough. Well, if they overturn affirmative action, which the Supreme Court is going to hear in November, what are black people going to do? What are blacks going to do? Well, they're going to be livid, number one. But number two, they might use like this creative black professor disability law. They might try to weasel themselves into using disability law to to their advantage, right, to a whole racial group. But disability law is meant to be there for blind people, right, for people who are deaf, right, these people that have real, you know, physical-like limitations, you, you would say, that's that's the most common, common example, maybe people in a wheelchair, right, they get, you know, close-up parking spots. Um, now, I don't like the way that disability law is applied, necessarily, because it requires sort of every business to accommodate disabled people, you know, put a pool in there for a disabled person, you know, in a way that they can get in the pool. I don't think the government should be mandating private businesses make accommodations for people in wheelchairs that want to go swimming in a hotel, right? The private, the private market, um, uh, there'll be some, someone, right? Some, some hotel owner that maybe wants to cater to the disabled 
you know, wheelchair people who want to go to go for a swim while they're on, you know, vacation or whatever. Uh, there might be a business that, that wants that, right? That wants to do that. Um, but I don't, I think it's wrong for the government to force, um, you know, everyone to basically accommodate anybody who's disabled. I, I think that that's wrong. Uh, I just don't agree with that law. Um, so, uh, this lady, she wants to, again, use the disability act, right. For blacks, you know, for a race. And I linked an article where she talks about this is blackness as a disability. That's what she called it. Um, she, so here's just an excerpt. Understanding blackness as disabling, however, brings to the fore a surprising approach to address discrimination and systemic inequality that has been hiding in plain sight, disability law. So in a way, she's almost admitting, right? And the left sort of almost admits this. They basically admit that they think that blacks are at a permanent disadvantage, that, that they need help, right? And that if it wasn't for affirmative action, if it wasn't for the extra help, um, they would be less represented in, you know, hiring in, in colleges, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's basically an admission, right, that they think they need permanent help. You know, and I don't agree with affirmative action law, but it was supposed to be temporary to give, you know, blacks a boost, or give, or give them a leg up, right? It wasn't meant to be permanent, but you know, black people want to keep affirmative action. Um, but what if they can't? What if it does get overturned? Will they will they use disability law like this one professor um, is talking about here? <laughs> um, and she says, unlike race law, disability law does not require aggrieved parties to show that the exclusion or harm that they have suffered was intentional. Discriminatory effect is almost always enough. Rather than focusing on a malicious intent, disability law accepts the impact of even neutral actions, policies, and programs, directly confronting the ways in which social structures, institutions, and norms can substantially limit a person's ability to perform. It thus requires that even discrimination based on unacknowledged biases be addressed. Understanding blackness as disabling brings to the fore a surprising new approach to address discrimination and systemic inequality that has been hiding in plain sight, disability law. Disability law is explicitly disability conscious and requires that disability be considered when remedies are devised. Um, I use the term blackness in this article to capture the combinations of physical, cultural, and linguistic features that Americans have been socialized to recognize and correlate with people designated racially in the US as black. Blackness, of course, is not itself an impairment. However, disability law recognizes that many traits understood as disabling do not necessarily arise from a medical condition, but are instead simply traits that create disadvantage when combined with inhospitable social or physical environment. This social model of disability offers a critical lens into the meaning, production, and cultural relativity of disability that is useful for thinking about race. For instance, it allows us to see how some disabilities are quite literally manifestations of social cultural forces, as in the case with anorexia nervosa. It also illuminates the, the temporality of some conditions or traits understood as disabilities.
talking about uh, ADD is now our hyperactivity, which was didn't exist uh, a century ago. Um, so she's basically saying there's nothing wrong with black people, right? Inherently, but she's saying in the white, you know, this is how I would describe what she's saying in this white centered country called America being black is a disability because of certain things like they think white people want people to be on time, right? They do, white people want policing, white people want criminals to be punished, white people, um, I don't know, are conscientious or whatever, whatever list, you know, there's this list of white traits and how this is like different than black people. <laughs> maybe there's, maybe this lady is saying, you know, a black person just, uh, if you drop them in America today, they should be thought of as disabled, not be, not the, not because anything is wrong with this black person, right? Not because they, they just maybe score lower on a, on a IQ test, but because white people have built a society for white people and black people can't function in that society. That's what she's basically saying here. This is an admission, maybe, that black people maybe need their own society, right? That they want to build their own society that's different than whites. And that's perfectly fine, right? But if we're going to have a multicultural society where different races exist in, in one country, um, we can't just be going around calling one group of people disabled, right? Black people disabled so that they can get all these benefits, right? That is, that's not going to work. <laughs> it's also sort of, I think it's wrong to call black people disabled. I would never call an entire race disabled. <laughs> um but it's just this, it's sort of this, this roundabout omission, maybe from, from black people being honest and saying, yeah, black people feel disabled in this, you know, American society that was built around quote unquote white values of being on time or, or being, you know, studious or, or whatever, <laughs> or high achieving. I mean, how th this sounds like super bad to me. But is this black person really being honest, right? Does she does she think that black people need a permanent leg up? To me, that's how this article comes across. Now, you can go read it for yourself and determine how you think about it, right? But uh, this idea that, like, black people are always going to be disabled or uncomfortable, right, uh, in a white society or maybe a white cultural society is an admission that, that we're very different. Right. And maybe they maybe black people want to build a society that's better for them. That's completely fine. Right. But again, if we're going to be living in a multiracial society, how can we just be calling one group of people disabled and giving them all kinds of extra goodies? Which is basically, you know, she doesn't she again, she, she doesn't want to call black people disabled. She is black. She just wants to use this disability law to her group's advantage. And this just sort of so, shows you the blacks in this country are pretty, are willing to pretty much do anything, right? Even call their own group disabled in order to use disability law. Um, again, she doesn't say there's anything wrong with black people. Inherently, she's saying that the environment, something is off with the environment. Like the, this country isn't built for black people. And so they're going to need a permanent advantage. That's, I think, what she's saying here. Um, And it goes perfectly with what, you know, what, what a lot of blacks, you know, think about CRT and a lot of the, the stuff that's been coming out for the last two years, right? Here's the last, last uh, paragraph she wrote. 
When we stop thinking about disability in a pejorative, stigmatized way and acknowledge the reality and effect of structural race-based inequality, then the relationship between blackness and disability becomes clear. Disability law allows us to do this. This framework offers a new repurposed paradigm for understanding how the law can address the ways the way blackness operates as a barrier to equality while avoiding the doctrinal emphasis that impasses that now plague race law. They're probably enabling meaningful structural reform. Um, Here's another line. For many individuals to have a disability simply means that individuals have a particular barrier to reaching their full potential in society as it currently is structured. So they're talking about the way our society is structured, and and there's nothing wrong with black people inherently. It's just the black person isn't going to reach their potential because of the way the the society is structured. Well, I want to know, how does this black professor think our society should be structured? Should we just not have any laws, right? Should we let criminals run free? What does she think is actually holding black people back? I don't know. Um, She talks about racial inequality. Again, you know, all these black people basically think they're being discriminated against today, (laughs) which is is not true. People go out of their way to hire black people, right? Uh, there's all these scholarships for blacks. Um, to recognize, here's a quote again from her, to recognize blackness as a disability therefore requires us to acknowledge the ways in which racial hierarchies and white privilege persist and are embedded within these laws, policies, practices. So that, that, is, that doesn't explain what that is. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um... Here's another quote. Being black poses barriers to equality in employment, education, housing, medicine, blah, blah, blah. Race law, on the other hand, races the history. In doing so, it flattens racial difference, giving all distinctions a false equivalence. This makes racial categories appear innocuous, neutral, natural, rather than socially constructed and often fraught. I don't know what that means. Mm. Here's another quote from her. The social model of disability does not contest the idea that some disabilities are profoundly limiting real and meaningful consequences of biology. Rather, the central and paradigm-shifting contention of this model, which was ultimately embraced by disability law, is that society is not neutral and that biases are built into its very structures, norms, and practices, which can then produce disability. Society is not neutral, and biases are built into structures, norms, and practices. Well, so does that mean that black people think that the norm of not peeing on the sidewalk should be reversed? Is that what blackness is about, like their culture? I don't know what their culture is. Do they want to be able to commit murder and get away with it? Like, what, what is so appalling about American society to black people that they don't like? I don't understand. I don't get it. Do they not want to have to be in in school for 18 years, right? Do they not like public education? Um, What what about this American biased, apparently white society do they not like, right? I, I, 
I really don't know. <laughs> um, here's another quote. From a remedial perspective, disability law is explicitly disability conscious and requires a disability be considered when remedies are devised. I think I read that part. In keeping with this anti-subordination focus, disability law expressly prohibits so-called, quote-unquote, reverse discrimination claims, requires integration, and provides a mechanism for the allocation of costs attendant to re remediation. Um, ironically, the entire apparatus of contemporary disability anti-discrimination law better captures the nature of racial inequality than race law, offering a more nuanced and effective way to confront modern race discrimination, including implicit bias and stereotyping. I don't know what she means by this, but she's basically saying disability laws are a better way to combat inequality between black and white, right? To close that gap. Um, and, it, and she's saying disability law expressly prohibits so-called reverse discrimination claims. So she's saying that she doesn't want white people to be able to say with affirmative action type law, hey, you're discriminating against me, which is true. With affirmative action law, by that definition, it means discrimination against whites. So she's saying we don't want to give whites that. We don't want white people to be able to say, hey, you're, discrimination, you're discriminating against me with this affirmative action claim, right, or affirmative action law. She's saying if we use dis disability law for black people, that, that disability law prohibits people saying this is reverse discrimination. Um, and it requires integration. Disability law, she says, it requires integration. This is a good little section right here. So basically, this means, um, I guess she's talking about how, like the example I gave in the beginning of this, which was if you run a hotel and you have a pool um, and you, in a dis, you know, disabled person comes to your hotel and complains that they want to go swimming and you don't have a, you know, disability apparatus machine, right, that lowers them into the water, um, that they could, they could, uh, sue you and say that you don't, don't, ha you haven't made accommodations for them. Um, and so there were people that, that basically abused disability law. This probably still goes on where they, they just go hunting for people that don't have accommodations for them and they sue them. So I guess this idea that it requires integration, I think this, this idea that you're, you're supposed to make reasonable accommodations for disabled people, that means as a business, if she, if she wants to apply disability law to black people now, you have to make reasonable accommodations for black people. So because the black person can't function at your business, when you want to, if you, you, you're going to be required to hire them and you also have to like, uh, maybe you have to give them more days off, right? Or maybe you have to let them come in late because, oh yeah, that's a great example, right? Apparently blacks don't like to be on time, right? Because they always claim that being on time is a white person thing. So if disability law is applied to black people, right? Like this black professor wants it to be. Uh, if you hire a black person and they don't come in on time or if they don't show up to meetings on time, Maybe they forget what day of the week it is. Who the hell knows? You can't punish this person. You need to make reasonable accommodations for this black person, right? Normally you would, you would write a person up, like, you know, to their job on time or for whatever reason, 
you write it up and you say, hey, look, you got to be on time. You do this again, we might fire you. Well, you're not going to be able to do that with a black person, right? They're going to, you know, you're going to be required to um, make reasonable accommodations for this black person, right? Give them a nice cushy office. Maybe you give them some R&B music to do their work. Maybe they don't like to do their work in a quiet office environment, right? Maybe they want to, maybe they want to be in their own little office uh, and having a party or something. I mean, who knows, right? I don't know what, what black people are into, but if blacks are claiming that being on time is a white people thing, I could see a black person saying, this is just our culture. Uh, you know, blacks are not on time. We're not, we don't like to rush. Right. Uh, so as an employer, you can't tell me I need to be on time. Right. I'm going to use this disability law against you. This is exactly what black people will do if their entire race is under this disability law, right? That this black professor apparently is arguing for. That's exactly the kind of stuff that's going to happen. Um, right. And then, but then what does this do? This treat, this is setting up, you know, to treat black people differently again than, than any other race. Like if you're going to label them all disabled for, for disability law purposes, um, Blacks are going to get privileges, just like they get now with with affirmative action and race law. But she says she's arguing that, like, we can do so much more for blacks or we can give them so many more privileges if we apply disability law towards blacks and not just the the race law. I guess, you know, civil rights and affirmative action comes to mind. Yeah, she says, quote, the intent, doctrine, and colorblindness render race law radically inadequate to address discrimination and cumulative disadvantage that impair the lives of black people. So she's saying that, um, that you know, the idea that maybe we have to be colorblind, which we aren't really today as a society. Um, but, you know, if we have to treat every race equally under the law, she doesn't like that. She wants to be able to treat black people in a special way. Uh, but it's sort of an admission. Is she admitting that like blacks are permanently inferior? Like she's, I'm not saying that, but it's coming across like she's saying that through this article. Like they're going to need permanent help, right? Yeah, she talks about unconscious bias, stereotyping, structural inequality. Inequality is rooted within social systems and institutions that create inequality in the absence of intentional discrimination. She's basically saying here, you don't even have to intentionally discriminate against a black person uh, for it to be discrimination. She says that just just walking around on the street, right, uh, somehow that's discriminated against a black person. Somehow you're discriminating against a black person by never actually discriminating against a black person. This is a way to invoke special privileges for black people by saying that white people just for by existing, right, just creating a culture, society, institutions that they've created somehow harms black people, right? Which is just a bunch of BS. Now she goes into like issues with black people, right? She says to be black means facing increased likelihood relative to whites of living in poverty, to the failing schools, experiencing discrimination in housing, being denied a job interview, being stopped by the police, being killed blah, 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 right? So she's blaming failure of the black race on whites, right? It's not, it's not white people's fault that black people tend to commit more crimes or to live in more poor areas, right? This is not the fault of white people. (laughs) 
Here's a quote from her. Is being black in the United States today a disability? This may seem startling question, but it accurately reflects what black as a racial designation is and was designed to be. Disabling. <laughs> what? Racial categories were created explicitly to serve a caste system to privilege some and disadvantage others. No. Race is a biological factor. This is a Georgetown, this was, so this excerpt from Blackness as Disability was in a, is, was in a Georgetown Law Review, was published in 2018 by Paul Amelie. She argues that civil rights law, Supreme Court jurisprudence have, do, have not done a particularly good job of tackling modern day racial injustice. Instead, she proposes that to combat, combat the disabling effects of racism, the profession should torn, turn toward the disability law. Um, Professor Kimani Paul Emili is the exact scholar to provide a fresh perspective on racial discrimination. A foremost thinker and writer in the areas of law and inequality, race and law, law and biomedical ethics and health law, she helps lead Fordham Law's Center on Race, Law, and Justice. Her scholarship has been published widely, including including a piece Sorry, I got a call and I had to disable it. <laughs> uh, I forgot where I was. All right, let's see. So she heads the Fordman, Fordham Law Center. Uh, she's been published widely. Uh, she's received research awards. Obviously, her writing is very good. She's very good. Um, seems like a good scholar. And I have to commend her for thinking outside the box, right? This is a smart lady, right? She's thinking outside the box, and she's trying to figure out how can her race, like how can her group of people, Black people, um, take advantage of more laws, like disability law? How can she... How, you know, they're already taking advantage of civil rights law, affirmative action law, but maybe that'll be challenged, right? Maybe that'll be challenged and maybe they need to come up with a new way to give black people an advantage. So I commend her. I mean, she's thinking outside the box. She's a creative thinker, uh, obviously knows her, her laws. <laughs> uh, I don't agree with, with uh, them wanting to use disability law, but I have to commend her thinking on this subject. I had never heard anybody make this argument before, which is why I wanted to talk about it, because it's so interesting. <laughs> it's just something new, right? I've never heard of a Black person wanting to use disability law uh, to give themselves extra benefits. <laughs> um, all right, so I kind of went through the whole thing. If anybody has any questions, feel free to call in. All right. Hey, Lindsay, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing, doing good. I'm good. Just starting out my day <laughs> uh, before I leave. The whole thing is what I what I, I was reading a little bit from Fordham Law that uh, Kimini, uh, individual, I guess, a professor. Mm -hmm. You know what? When they start touching on disability now, what they start saying is, being black, you're disabled. 
You look at what criteria they're taking it to. Next thing, I mean, if they don't get their way, now they're going to put it in. She's going to she's going to advocate for putting blacks as disabled people. And then then next thing you know, what gays and lesbians, trans. I mean, look at how it's spiraling. To, to yeah, they could be they could be disabled too. <laughs> Another thing, too, is why are they allowing a person like her, of course, she's black, so she could say whatever and get away with it. Why are they allowing that nonsense that she could speak as she wants to and, and it's, it's going to become like established law because the Democrats are going to run with that nonsense. They're going to, have to be trying to apply it on everyone. So this is not no longer a, a black versus, versus white issue, a white privilege. This is a whole people's issue. I'm disabled, she says. Therefore, you, you owe me this. You owe me this place. You owe me this room. You owe me these advantages. I got to be first in line. No different than a, when, when a true person that's really disabled, uh-huh. an invalid, uh, on wheelchair crutches, you know, got yeah. to because they were born, that really deserve those, those, those rights because they really have a need and yeah. they have no other way to fend yeah. for themselves. So they're going to try to go. I mean, this is sick. This is really yeah, sick. I mean, if, I mean, if a black, if a whole race of, of black people is decided to be, you know, you know, they're all, they're considered disabled. Well, are they going to get parking spots at the front of every store? Are they going to be the yeah. first one to board an airplane, right? <laughs> Just like the people in a wheelchair. Exactly. This is the disgusting thing on progressive leftists, and I'm serious. Uh, a stand has to be put really well. You know, leave the disabled alone. They're not you. You're not them. You're not disabled. Stop. Stop blaming society for your damn failures, for not having higher expectations and for not moving on them, and stop expecting to be put in a category that has absolutely nothing to do. This is what the trans do to women. Trans women are women. That's bullshit, too, because you don't have a biological man going after trans women unless they're gay. You know, they're into those things. Okay, I respect that. That's them. But um, a normal heterosexual male I'm going to put it like this. White Christian male will not go. If he loves women, real women, he's not going to go after Trump. So they're doing the exact same thing. They want a special. They, now, now all they need to is their own pronouns. What else are they going to, are, are they going to ask for? Or are they going to try to redefine? Are they, are, are they going to be asking for, for their own disabled restrooms? Are they going to ask you for their own disabled rooms, offices? That that maybe even beyond the scope of that a real true truly someone that's disabled, you mm-hmm. know, doesn't even get. Mm-hmm. Are they gonna get? Are they gonna get disabled pay too and pension? Oh, yeah. and four hundred one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. how how far does this go? Honestly, they're trying to redefine the thing, and we can't allow that nonsense. And it's not whites gonna be paying for it. It's gonna be all Americans that are gonna be duped into paying for this nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know. So they they want to they want to rock walk, walk around with their blackness as a crutch. I'm black, therefore I'm weak. I'm a victim of society. I'm I'm, I'm I've been repressed for 400 years. Well, I'm, well, like Larry Elder said, you're not 400 years old. <laughs> That's a good. You know? That's a good you're not 400 years old. I'm sorry. That was your great 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 ancestors. They suffered that shit. I understand. It wasn't right, but if you believe in a god, there's going to be justice again. And it's not going to look good for the perpetrators and oppressors of all kinds, of all races, of all types, of all times. That's what I believe. Now, to try to get, jump on and, and try to make something, you know, that they can't prove really that they're a victim. Being in the most freest world and in, in, in the in freest country in the world, they cannot prove, prove this. This is the same thing I tell a lot of my socialist friends. Who I care about, and you know they want they talk for pie in the sky, and what about all these injustices? I go, bro, 
Be thankful you're here now in the greatest experiment of the world. And it's already going down here. You're, you're getting at least a little bit of the pie of what it's giving you. And nobody ever said that they're, you're going to get everything exactly in life. It's like that song from Rolling Stone. I can't get no satisfaction, right? <laughs> you're not going to get satisfaction. So go with what you got. Be thankful. Be, be grateful. And work with what you got. Because I'll tell you, a million times, you're much better off than most people around the world. If they're not in a country similar to the U.S. with the benefits of the U.S., as imperfect as it is, because there is no such thing as a perfect country, whether you're looking at Europe or Asia or, or Africa, I guarantee you, you're much better off here. And you could work out those other things. Policies, uh, social, what do they call it, social programs and all. Those things can be worked out. I can understand. Without having to flip the country over in a communist, socialist way. You know what I mean? No disrespect. Like I said, everybody has, uh, uh, they speak a lot, they talk a lot, they share a lot. Okay. Great. Some things are feasible. Other things are pie in the sky garbage. This is one of the pie in the sky garbage for people to be treated with disability when there is no disability. Because now you're putting all black people, including the best talent, the best singers, the best actors, the best intellectuals, like Thomas Sowell, Larry Elder, and, and Candace Owens, those beautiful LeBron people. LeBron James, is he Exactly. Just- Thank you. LeBron James, uh, oh, Magic Johnson, you know, and, and the famous uh, Air Jordan, Air, from Air Jordan um, uh, players. You're putting them all as in just because of being black, you're therefore disabled. You know what? If you were to talk to these people, like Morgan Freeman, it sounds to really bad too. Like nobody would say that. No white person would ever think that either. I know. I mean, you have to be the loser of the losers to have that mentality. To be wanting for government, big to, government to grow bigger and become overarching burden on people, all because of your failures. That that that's what it's coming to. These people, I, I've talked to guys on other programs. They have that woke mentality. They're basically walking around with a fake, I'm a victim of society. They just got indoctrinated into that bullshit, and they walk around They walk around with that nonsense. And that's sick. I don't care whether you're American or you're from abroad and you want to use that card. They, whether you want to use a black card, a racist card, whatever card, they, they walk around into life thinking the world owes them something when it, indeed it doesn't. Now, anyway, I'm going to let you, uh, let you go so you can let Rudy in. Nice oh, talking okay. to you, Lindsay. Yeah, you too. All right. see. I think I let in Rudy. There you go. Hey, what's up, Lindsay? How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I called him because I found a lot of what you said super interesting. Now, I was wondering, if you don't mind... Like, what was the, the thing you were talking about, about uh, who's who's this lady? And if if I'm not confused, I feel like you guys are, you know, exaggerating a bit the point of what she's saying. She's not saying that black people are oh, handicapped. She's saying it is a handicap to be black in the United States. And I don't know how you cannot see that. No, I agree with you there. I don't think so. I don't think she's calling her entire race like <laughs> disabled. I think what she's doing is she's creatively looking at disability law and trying to use that to advantage her group. But also, she does, I think that you're right. She does say that being black somehow is not inherently disabling. It's just when you put blacks in America, for some reason, 
that's disabling from her point of view. Now, I, I would disagree with that, but that's, I, I can see that that's what she's saying. So, um, you know, the thing is, I've talked to Vladdy, and Vladdy's interesting, right? The other thing I was, I was, the other day I was telling him, you know, I think what would be fair, like, uh, what I try to do is I try to look at both ways. And I study the his like I study from both perspectives. And I I feel like Vladdy oftentimes doesn't look at it from the other from the black people's perspective. Do you look at it from the black people's perspective? Would you say? Um, I try to understand where they're coming from and their logic. No, but do you, uh, like do you look at the history? Do you actually have you? Because people talk about these things of history. And then what I did, you know, before I actually looked at it, I thought I, I, what I did was reflexively, I would just go refer to what I read in history, in history class. And I thought, well, that basically is neutral information. And that doesn't align with what they were saying. Forgetting oh. that these people they didn't have a voice. They couldn't write. It was illegal for them to write. So I get that, but I would say I respect history and I understand that blacks were discriminated throughout history, but they're not being discriminated against now. So I just so, think the history of what happened to blacks in this country and what's going on today. And when did it stop? What, like, what, according to well, your when did it stop? We had the Civil Rights Act, right, which okay, gave blacks equality right. under the law and prevented discrimination. And then we went a step further with affirmative action law. So, okay, like I like to look at human beings and I, look, I like to look at the world. And what I think is that if you have a system, you know, where like, people are just like not have you it's not discrimination the stuff that they were doing to people they would cut off their balls they would hold like they, they would hold a fire in the middle of the park they would have a postcard of this and this didn't happen 400 years ago this happened to people's grandparents it was terrorism the shit that happened like i'm saying do you You're actually, talking about actually, lynching, i'm assuming I'm talking about more. What do you mean by? Are you talking about? Do you, so yes, lynchings. About, lynch, you're talking lynch. about cutting someone's balls off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. It, it, that was one of the things. Um, the other stuff were. But what does that have to do with anything that's going on today? But, I can see no, that that was horrible. Right? Yeah, but I'm saying, that, that. but that wasn't. That's not something that you can legislate from. It's a whole cultural thing. That was but, part of like people's Sunday. Do you think this is a big problem today? I'm thinking, I'm wondering, I'm, my question is to you. Okay, they legislate today. The stuff that you quoted me, the Civil Rights Act, uh, making black people uh, equal. So once they've legislated this thing, how long do you think it took for people now to stop? Okay, you bring up a good point. So once you pass a law, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to be adhere to that law. Right. It has to be enforced. So if someone is not being treated equally under the law, which the law made the law made for equality under the law, not that everybody would be equal and uh, or so have the same thing. Who would be enforcing it? 
Well, was it the police, the same police that was having... No, the police don't bring charges against people that violate a law. They they investigate and help, you know, bring evidence. But I would think there'd be a court case um, if somebody was discriminated against or, or not being treated equally under the law, whatever that law is, they could bring a court case against somebody or a business. So who who would be administrating this thing the day of? Because th- this, is the, this is a whole system-wide thing. The judges, there were many judges that were part, the clan was known to have had the cops, the judges, like even what was it? Who was it that played the the super racist, um, whatever? I think I, I, can't I, I, I the guys. Know. I do, I do concede that you're, yeah. you're, you are kind of right here. Like there is a mentality shift, like just passing a law doesn't automatically mean that behavior will change. Right. But my it, question, took a long, it took a long when, time. You're right. When it took do you a long think, time for when do you the think? rights to concede that blacks should be treated equally under the law. It took a while, right? But so, it, but it, I so think if you were going to be honest about today, I think you, so, you could probably say that people believe, most people did believe that, that everyone should be treated equally under the law today. Lindsay, so I'm, I'm curious. I'm just trying to figure out because like you, you have a passion for these things. And again, my thing is I'm not on either side. So if I'm going to be batting on one side, I got to know the facts. I have to have like looked at the other side and determine what they're saying is not true. Like giving them a fair shake. And I imagine you've given black people a fair shake. You've, you've actually... You, you haven't just listened to the Thomas Souls who actually agree with you, but you actually have listened to, you know, the other people who don't agree with you. Have you read into the other people, the critics? You must have given black people a chance because you're not just a, you're not going to be a person that's going to just take a white side because, you know, why would you do that? It, it makes no sense. You weren't born well, still, when this was happening. I, I haven't. I you're haven't an independent woman. I'm still you're, learning. You're an independent woman. Like you, you don't like this whole thing about size and all of this stuff. Again, these black people weren't born four hundred years ago, but you weren't born four hundred years ago. Why are you tied to this um this stuff? Like you have your own mind. I'm sure before you like decided that these black people are incorrect, and not only are they incorrect, but this is how incorrect they are. Because like the thing is, I think about being fair. Sometimes people could be incorrect, but half incorrect. And so I'm not going to throw away everything they're saying. So, like, my question to you is, how, like, have you d- dug into the lynching? The, you know, because people say lynchings. And then it's like, oh, it's a lynching. It's nothing. I've been researching lynching. Yeah, I've been researching a have, lot. Uh, have you researched how far it, it went into the society? It wasn't just one person. Lynchings were a crowd thing. It was a yeah, yeah, it's a mob. It was funded by the cities. It was funded by the rich people. It, it, there was a lot of money behind this thing. So there were presidents that were basically tied to the clan. You know, so Lindsay, have you given a, a black people a shot? Because I, I do not want to obviously I give black people a shot. I don't know what that means. Um, it, 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 it seems like, and again, I might be wrong. But it seems like you've chosen a side and you decided that black people are wrong and you haven't really given them a chance and actually looked at the the criticism that they have. You're just saying the things have changed and they must have changed. And I'm saying I used to believe a lot of what you're saying. And one day I woke up and I realized, actually, I've been lied to because as a child, I couldn't really, you know, fight against these. I just 
we they gave me books they told me everything was kumbaya but actually shit's still very bad and again not to say it's only bad for black people i'm not that type of person but the cartoon of white versus black and the blacks are out here with their agenda of like i don't know that's, that's kind of crazy talk to me but i appreciate you listening to me and i do hope that you actually do listen to black you you, you give black people a chance you look at the criticism that they have and you actually look at history from their point of view and not just you know you actually trace it down you know i'm then, a very curious person so i am interested in getting you know the other side of the story and their point of view and you know i do want to understand my one question really is what about our current society today is do they think is so unfair like they keep saying systemic okay you, can i can i can i give you this is so i for example i'm i'm black raised in the united states but and i don't mean to born, cut you off i may have to go soon but yeah keep, keep going very fast um so when i was um what 16 i snuck out with a girl and the 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 cops found us in the car guess what they did they put the girl on the side treated her nicely and me they put me in the back basically treated me as like a, a rapist yeah yeah basically like the craziest shit almost had me shit in my like and you know as a again as a black person you're like the, the cops you don't look at them again but as a black person my history is the cops aren't necessarily on your side i don't ask cops for help for example if i can avoid it i do not help and i know that people there are people that will go to cops and ask for direction go to cops and ask for other services i don't do it and you'll find that many people don't many black people don't do it so then that is again it could have gone terribly wrong it has gone terribly wrong for a lot of people i've had a cop draw a gun on me like put it on my nose for no reason like i had a cop follow me harass me for my id telling me he wanted to help me but in the end i give him his, my id and what does he do he just leaves me and then so it's like oh but why do you care? it's the people have lives i have to do shit and to be harassed by cops to be stopped to be it throws off your fucking schedule it could lose it could cause you you to lose your jobs and when it happens to so many people it becomes systematic systemic right and then did you know that black the people get droned around the world and do you know how many black people get droned versus how many white people get droned no white people have uh get droned there was droned a, wait what yeah. what is that like um assassinations with military like where uh, a machine that is being operated from Seattle just bo- drums up drops a bomb on oh, people on like a foreign in a foreign country yeah but it's always a black country or brown country um it happened to an italian guy and then barack obama apologized for it right so it doesn't happen to white people so when black people look at such things they think um there must be something wrong why is it that when we could we could do that to a people and then when we do that to a people it's black people why doesn't it happen to any white countries you know uh, but that's why i'll end it thank you very much it's been lovely peace thanks for calling in and i will concede that i tend to i tend to agree with you about the cop thing um cops tend to profile blacks more often they're more suspicious of them 
they happen to be patrolling maybe their neighborhoods more often. And if they're, they're in the area and they happen to see, you know, a couple, a couple kids, you know, maybe having sex in a car, technically like that might be illegal. I had friends. Uh, that, we weren't, we weren't having sex in the car. Oh, sorry. But whatever. Maybe they assumed it. Maybe you weren't. I had yeah. a couple friends in high school that were having sex in a car and the cop, um, this is a, this is a secondhand story that I heard. Uh, they were both white, but he he embarrassed them. He was like, "Get on your clothes." What do your parents know what you're doing? You know, they might have been 17 or something, and um, you know, they weren't charged. Or anything, but but so what I'm saying is is it's wrong. I think for the cop to treat you differently, but I, and I concede that they do this. Now sometimes there's a reason, maybe why they do it. Maybe they have a suspect. That fits your description, but oftentimes it's just a profile, you know, and it's unfortunate that, that they tend to be patrolling certain neighborhoods and white, pe- white people commit crimes too. Maybe the white person didn't get their headlights fixed or didn't, didn't do their registration, but if a cop or maybe speeds through a light or whatever, I'm thinking about small time crime, maybe even they're selling marijuana out of their car. If a, if a, if a police officer if there's more patrolling that that is done in certain certain neighborhoods, maybe black neighborhoods, and maybe right. there's a reason, maybe there's more crime there. But if you put the cops in this neighborhood, they're going to find more blacks to pull over, and that right. is that is, you know, just just for the fact that they're there, right? They're in this neighborhood, and if you were to put more more cops in a white neighborhood, there'd be more white people right. probably pulled in to the station too. So yeah. I just can see that. Right. So then, like, why, who is out there making the calls, putting the cops in the black neighborhoods? And when you would probably concede. I, you know, I concede. Let me just, one more thing. Um, you know what? If, if, if there's black neighborhoods that don't want police presence, I say, let them vote for that. Right. Let them have the, the amount of police presence that they want. If they don't want any police presence, maybe they should be allowed to vote that in. Right. So I'm fine with that. <laughs> now, the problem is, is that there's going to be victims of crime in these areas that right. maybe want cops. So it's hard to like really say this stuff is against the law. Right. And then we're not going to enforce, you know, um, cr- crimes. I kind of so I'm saying this kind of. I want I want these communities to be able to determine their own destiny, but I yeah. also feel for the victims of these crimes. Right. And so oh, my my <laughs> my heartstrings pull towards more. We need to enforce the law, right. but maybe there's some laws that you know on the whole black people don't really want to enforce. I don't know. But have made I, you know I think that's very reasonable. And the thing is, if you go into these neighborhoods. You're going to find a lot of people who care about the same thing that you care about, the violence, because it is them who are the victims, who are the first victims, really who are the only victims for the most part. And they'll tell you that they just don't want cops out there beating people over the heads because the people they're beating over the heads are also of their neighborhood, their grandkids and their cousins and all of this stuff, and that people want jobs. The thing is, black people, like anybody else, wants a job, wants to be able to spend time with their family, right? So um, just like white people. And again, there's a lot of us out there who are saying that black people and white people need to get together and fight the, the rich who are the majority white. But there's, again, a group of them, like you called out, 
uh, Oprah, Obama, LeBron, and all of this stuff. But LeBron, I mean, LeBron doesn't really call any shots, right? If you look at the people who call the shots, they're the ultra billionaires, and the ultra billionaires is just white uh, ultra billionaires. Again, I don't really care. I don't know why white people care about the ultra billionaires because they might share the same color, but they don't give up about you, right? So join the black people and stop. Uh, this is my suggestion to the people who want to unite. Stop fighting black people who are out there describing their conditions, which are conditions that most white people, if they're sane, don't want. If some most white people, if you ask them, hey. If you could be reborn and reborn to be black, just like random black anywhere, right? So like you're, you might be LeBron James, but at the same time, you might be 90% of black people, right? Would you want to do it? And most white people will be honest and say, no, they don't want that, right? And it's normal, right? So let's stop denying what's happening to black people. Yes, it's also happening to many white people, that's sure. But then if we, if we don't unite, sure. It, white people will continue to reign, but that'll be like a handful of white people. And the majority of white people will just be a little bit better off than black people. That's my, my suggestion, but I'll, I'm going to hang up. Thank you very much. All, again. Right. Peace. All right. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. Let's see. Rudy. I don't know what the hell you were talking about. <laughs> I like Rudy. Rudy is a friend of mine. I consider Rudy a friend, but me and Rudy are very different. So Rudy's telling you a very, very rosy picture of the world, and I'm going to share with you a little bit different insight. So let me, let, me just, let me just say that I might have to go soon, and I apologize. No, it's not going to take that long. It, I, I talk fast, too, so don't worry about that. So to, point blank. The difference between white people and black people is material difference, right? So if you compare the, the price of black homes versus white homes, they're significantly less. And that's a study by the Brookings Institute, and I can post a link to that. So you can see that for yourself. The differences between people when it's material is significant in the United States, meaning that you can vote things out or you can vote things in doesn't exist. Political power is tied to money. And we see that with Citizens United. On top of that, if you look at law enforcement, even the FBI went out of their way to say that local law enforcement on a state and local level is infiltrated with white supremacists. So when I get pulled over or when Rudy gets pulled over, it's a different story than the way you get pulled over. Okay. These Material differences really are designed to keep people separate from each other. But the way you talk about so-called black people, it's like almost like you're talking about an alien species. I don't know where you live or where you're from, but it doesn't sound like you have much interaction with anybody other than people that resemble yourself, right? Um, like, do you know? Do you know any? Do you know any Negroes or any any? <laughs> I've interacted with them before. There's, there's, I live you in the have? city, so yeah. Wow, how progressive of you! But my point is, is that, is that it seems like there's a distance where, where you know, look, it's not your fault. Maybe you just live somewhere where you know you don't have that kind of cultural diversity. But at the end of the day, what makes people different is money, right? And the and and to be fair, right? Jails have a disproportionate amount of 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 black and Hispanic people in them. 
But it's not like they don't have poor white people. Like, it's not like white people don't rape women. It's not like white people don't smoke crack, meth, shoot heroin, uh, decide to fucking randomly kill somebody, right? These are all yeah, things that are happening. Right. So what happens is that there's a disproportionate conviction rate for certain people. Why is that? I think that it's mainly because there's there's different crime rate statistics for different ethnicities on average. So, right, so in crime, and 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 you're going to point to crime statistics that come from law enforcement, and ultimately, even them can't deny the fact that there's a disproportionate higher level of conviction for Black and Hispanics in the United States. Fuck that. Forget all about that. Let's just get down to the real difference here. The real difference is the fact that there's a disproportionate amount of of convictions, but there's also not enough money for people to go get a lawyer to fight that shit. On top of that, you have judges that are vastly, mostly white. Okay, shit. I mean, at the end of the day, there is racism that exists. The 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 case that you're putting up here with this with the uh, with the professor, that shit doesn't really amount to anything. Acad- academics aren't a part of the real world. What it is though is interesting because it inflames you because you feel like someone else is getting over on you, right? That's what you feel. I think I get academics it. are a huge part of what drives institutions in the direction that they go. They do, but you you know, to be fair, like this person putting out this this statement doesn't mean that he they're they're fighting for equality in the court system or or to get rid of the disparity in housing. All they're looking to do for the most part is to say we need to get a way to 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 give black people like like a like a form of of a leg up so that they can operate in a system that's just unfair. I think it's fucking stupid. You know, I think it's fucking dumb. I think it was a very I, clever paper. I'm interested. I don't in think it's a topic. clever paper. I, th- you know, what I think it is. I think it's intellectual masturbation on the part of 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 the elite. And there is a black elite, just like there's a white elite. Okay. Well, I'm interested in the law, so maybe that's why I'm interested in it. But I, mean, I think it's. I think it was very creative of her. It's creative. So it's creative to bypass all the problems that exist with with the stratification of society into into lower and upper echelons and people that get to slide away with fucking all sorts of shit and other people that get hit right in the fucking head to make them disabled. I don't think that's a smart thing. I think what that is, 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 is a, a provocateur, someone who's trying to get attention and someone who knows that average white America has a visceral reaction to anything that involves race. Okay. But ultimately what I'd like to tell you is that if people really want change, they'll get over the idea of reparations and, and, and peace and they'll go after something else, which is retribution. What's retribution? Retribution is about recognizing the problem and taking a stand against it. Ultimately, I don't give a fuck what any white person has to say about me. You understand? I don't really give a fuck. I don't. Like, it, it, there was that's a time. Fine. There, that's, that's there, see, the thing is, is that you, you guys are you guys used to not be in the same boat as everyone. But now, as a result of global of the globalization of labor, of basically uh, the reforms that allow corporations to take jobs and go go overseas, we're all fucked. 
Those jobs that, that Rudy's talking about don't exist. And wages have been stagnant since 1978, which means that, you know, the good old days where, you know, a white guy could walk in and get a job and, and have the, the, be the, the, the front of the pack. Those shits are over. Like the only thing, the only thing that's left now is just us squabbling amongst each other. I do agree with you on that. I agree with you that our society living standards. Where are you from? Down. I'm curious. Living standards have gone down, and with uh, I'm curious where you're from. Country, we're all fighting for crumbs, right? So I I do concede that. Okay, so but where there. where are you from specifically? I'm not. Gonna, I'm from New York. I'm not going to get into my background here. But I why not? Why not? Where you live? Where you live says volumes. Uh, most of, I live in New York. I, I mean, it's a different world for me. I, I can go right into the city and I can find work. It's a different story for someone that lives in in in, in somewhere in, like that's been gutted and de deindustrialized. I'm not going to bring in my personal background to this. These but you have a personal here. opinion no, on I mean, Negroes? Why not have a personal opinion on? Uh, why not just say where you're from? I mean, I'm curious. Well, you know, this is a very controversial topic. And so, you know, oh, well, what are people going to do? Track you down? Else. Like, wait, there's a million Lindsays out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not afraid of, of, of you particularly. I just don't want to go into it here and now. I, to- I actually have to go soon. So, um, I do. Well, appreciate let's just, let's just pretend. Me. Let's just pretend you live in you live in Ohio. Let's no, pretend I, you I'm live in, in Kentucky or you live anywhere else. Those places are gutted. I mean, shit, you don't have, have much going go. for you. <laughs> I do appreciate the call, and I hope that you call back. But I do have to go for now. Um, nah, whatever. I don't agree with a lot of your arguments, but I do concede. I know what's right. See, the difference is I back shit up with receipts. You, on the yeah, other hand, like to, to put I your finger to in your twat and I talk shit. To, like, I told the previous caller that I had limited time. So, <laughs> thank you. Okay. Uh, feel free to call back when I have more time. Um, I will concede that I do agree with you on your last point, um, just that uh, living standards have gone down. And as we, you know, we're a multicultural society. And if we're not, if we're not able to act, I, I believe in a limited state, small state, uh, this decreases opportunities. And then people, you know, multiracial society, people are blaming other races, right? Some people get affirmative action. Some people don't. It doesn't really help, right? So I agree with you, uh, at least in that that part, that it's sort of a zero-sum game in respect now. Uh, but I do have to go. So thanks for the call. Again, you can call back. Feel free to call back. We can talk more about these arguments some other time. I do appreciate uh, your call. Um, I, I'm in Texas, if you want to know. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, there is some diversity here. There's quite a bit of diversity, uh, depending on where you are. <laughs> and I am in a city. So, all right. Well, f- feel free to call back at any time. Um, and we can talk further. Thanks. <laughs>